Grab the crayons and pull out the coloring books. It's time for audio cartoons on the Saturday Story Circle, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. And now, Decoder Ring Theatre presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity of August Fenwick, one of the city's wealthiest men, in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his wife and partner, Kit Baxter Fenwick, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the Red Panda. This episode, Eyes of the Idol. Who's there? Hamlet. Act one, scene one. Very nice. What? Uh, Oh. Oh. (laughs) It's you, David. Sure it is. You seem a little jumpy. I guess I am. Mr. Bradford was pretty serious about keeping this shipment safe until morning. And it's just the two of us on duty. Seems kind of funny, doesn't it? That's just his way. You know that. Oh, sure. I know that. Got some coffee for you. Thanks. I could use it. Little warm-up to go with it, just to take the edge off. Well, we really shouldn't. Come on. There you go. If they're going to leave us here all by our lonesome... Mr. Bradford says that turning the museum into an armed camp only serves to advertise shipments that might attract thieves. Sure, but with something this valuable, you'd think they'd leave some kind of surprise around. A surprise? Like what? Oh, you know, hidden teams of guards, maybe some dogs, booby traps, that kind of thing. (laughs) Booby traps? You've been reading too many adventure magazines. I guess you're right. It was just a thought. Well, it's a pretty silly thought, if you ask me. Suppose you're right, mate. Still, I bet you'd be a lot less jumpy guarding a shipment as valuable as this. That's the second time you've said that. What makes you think it's so valuable? Well, uh, Mr. Bradford was awfully serious, wasn't he? I guess he was, but that doesn't mean... Are you telling me you don't know what we have in that lovely little case? Oh, sure. And I suppose that you do? What would you say if I told you that this little case holds the right eye of doom? I'd say you were out of your tree. No, straight up. You see, on an island off the coast of India, about 50 years ago, they found a ruined city, hundreds of years old. This was an island where nobody lived, mind you. And as far as anyone knew, no one had ever lived there. But there was this city... How do you know all this? The only building left intact was a temple. Everything else was rubble, buried by earth, hidden by jungle. But the walls of the temple still gleamed in the sun. Inside the temple was a stone idol, about four and a half feet high. No one had ever seen anything like it. The carving didn't match the style of any known civilization. The god depicted didn't match any of the local pantheons. Local pantheons? The only thing that kept the idol from being a pristine find was that there were clearly spaces in the eye sockets where something had been set. Gemstones, by the look of it, though they would have been the size of a cricket ball. A cricket? (sighs) What are you... Easy there. You look like you're getting a little sleepy. I'm fine. 
Good. Well, they packed off the idol, and it wound up who knows where. You know how these things go. Took a few other relics and left the rest to rot. Five years later, an expedition comes back and discovers the pieces of a smashed tablet buried near the temple, which has finally started to decay. When they translated the inscription, they found it was a map. A map? Or a guide, what have you. It told where to find the missing gemstones, the eyes of the idol, buried on opposite sides of the island, and it warned to keep them as far apart as possible. You see, the idol was supposedly a bringer of death, a dark god, and the gemstones were the keys to its power. Well, the expedition found them all right. Two brilliant gemstones, unlike any the world had ever seen. Red like rubies, but they weren't rubies. Weren't like anything anyone had ever seen. They sent them back to the millionaire that financed the trip in two separate ships. Separate ships. And ever since that day, they've made the rounds of museums, university, what have you. Being studied sometimes and gawked at others, always thousands of miles apart. Like right now, while the right eye is here in Los Angeles, the left eye is being studied at some place in Toronto. They've been apart all this time. The only two in the world. Can you imagine what someone would pay for the both of them? Something. Something is wrong. No, I didn't think you could. But I can. Because I got half in advance. You're not... You're not David. It... It can't be. But it is. Good night, sweet prince. You've just been had by Brian McSweeney, man of a thousand faces. Here you are, child. Earl Grey with milk. Ah, Dr. C. It's been a while. I didn't think you'd remember. I confess. I understand why you sound surprised, Flying Squirrel. These days I seem to be forgetting things as quickly as I learn them. I imagine that is only going to get worse. Just as beauty must fall before the ravages of time, so too is all learning merely vanity. You're poetic today. Just feeling my age, child. <laughs> Aches and pains have a way of doing that to a fellow. But never fear. When every other thought in my head deserts me, I will still remember how you take your tea when you visit the old mad scientist's home. You're sweet. Is there really an old mad scientist's home? Perhaps I should invent one. <laughs> oh, dear me. I hope the Red Panda can join us soon. I think he just came in, one of the windows above the catwalk. I didn't hear anything. If you could expect to hear him coming, he'd be dead by now. But I caught a whiff of outside air a minute ago, and I can see all of the windows on this level. See how good she is, Doctor? Oh, hello, dear boy. It's been too long. I'm sorry for that, Doctor. We have been a little preoccupied, though I notice that you have been quite scarce yourself of late. Indeed. Uh, fortunately, fate seems to have granted us something of a minor crisis and furnished a reunion in the process. Uh, can I get you anything before we head into the vault? The vault? This way. You'll remember well, of course, that I used to keep items that possessed a strong signature of mystical energies in a lockup composed of chronopolitoriate. Chronopolitoriate? My anti-magic alloy. It occurred to me that it needed a name. So you uh, gave it one that was harder to say than anti-magic alloy? Well, I... You know what? I never thought of it that way. In any event, with the uh, 
interest demonstrated in all manner of magics by the current German regime, I've been wanting to upgrade that arrangement for quite some time. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll just press this button to slide the panel back. Leaping lizards! A giant vault door hidden behind a sliding panel? You've been reading our playbook. Yes, I thought it might amuse you. What do you think, Red Panda? Sophisticated locking mechanism. Probably take quite some time to get past it without the combination. Often takes me quite a while with the combination. Let's see... Is this door made of solid... Chronopolite? Chronopolitoriate. My mistake. Anti-magic alloy? Yes, and not just the door. Ah, there it is. Dr. C, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a set of stairs inside your vault. Isn't there just, though? Down you go. These walls, this entire passageway, all lined with the same material. Any artifact emitting residual magic would be completely cloaked from outside detection. That was my hope. The laboratory chamber is just through here. Holy moly! Doctor, this is impressive. Call it an ounce of prevention, Red Panda. If the Nazis have been half as successful marrying ancient powers to modern technology, as we fear they might have, well... It struck me that if push comes to shove, we had best be prepared to push back. All this hidden underground in the ancient studies department of the museum? No wonder you've been scarce lately. You haven't been sealed in here alone all this time, have you? No, my dear. My daughter has been assisting me. Your daughter? Yes. She's terribly clever. And I'm not just saying that. She returned from overseas completed her third doctorate and came here to keep the old man on the rails. <laughs> Anna? Anna, are you here? <laughs> huh. She must have stepped out. Doctor, is this... this gemstone? It can't be. You have a keen eye, dear boy. I've always said so. One of you schoolgirls want to let me in on the secret? Squirrel, this is nothing less than the left eye of doom. Nice name. Subtle. Isn't it just, though? Wait! I read about this in an out-of-town paper. Wasn't this just stolen from a museum in California? Something about an impossible robbery, a master thief, the usual song and dance. Oh, dear me. That was the right eye of doom. This is the left. Silly me. They're always kept far apart. Some kind of curse, isn't it? No one knows for certain. Well, dear boy, that is not entirely true. Here is a translation of the original tablets, which warned of the strange powers the jewels had when they were placed in the eye sockets of the idol. It speaks of tremendous power. Fire from the skies, that sort of thing. It's fairly interesting reading. But I'd leave that to you, if I may. The point is that while the right eye was to have been displayed to the curious public, the left came to our museum for study. Given its history, the board thought it best that Anna and I run the investigation. How much energy does the eye exhibit? None at all. What? Not a trace of any magical energies. Not only does it not possess any or seem to channel any, but there is nothing to suggest that it ever did. You mean it's just baloney? Possibly, child. Though it is unquestionably a marvel. There are only two such stones in existence, and one has just been stolen by a master thief. Which means you're worried he might be out to complete his set. Even if the stones possess no powers at all, they are scientific treasures and demand further study. 
And given that we have no idea at all where in the world the idol is, much less the right eye. Gotcha. Today, we're the ounce of prevention. As you say, I can keep the stone locked deep in this room for a time, but I would prefer to be a little more aggressive in our approach. If we could catch the thief, we might have a chance to recover the second stone. And if we are to do that, it would help if we knew who he was, or at least who sent him. Which means we need to understand what we are truly dealing with here, and quickly. Squirrel the panda, come in, Red Panda. Are you there? Boss? Jeez. Dr. C's vault must be playing heck with our radio rings, too. I can't tell if you're receiving me in there, but it looks like our guest is a no-show. I've been standing on this rooftop half an hour and... Wait a sec. Got something on the southwest corner. Looks like a portal of some kind. Nobody seems to be coming through. Listen, if you can hear me, I'm going to step through the portal and get this over with. I'll keep a beacon open for whatever good that does, and next time you get to run errands to the creepy magic squad. Hello? Anybody here? Come on, would ya? Somewhere there are bad guys in sore need of a beaten. All in good time, Miss Squirrel. All in good time. Oh, hello. Nice uh, waiting room you've got here. Very spartan. It is a construct of extra-dimensional space. Yeah, well, a throw rug here and there might help to warm it up a bit. I'll speak to someone about that. Permit me to introduce myself. My name is Elmore. Elmore? Yes. Not Elmore the Magnificent or Elmore Brown Shoes or something? No. I may study the ancient arts, but I don't go in for all of that. You are wearing a robe. And you are wearing a mask. <laughs> Strange. They told me I wouldn't be able to see through it, but I still assumed that I would. It must be tough to meet girls with a line like that, robes notwithstanding. Can I call you Elmo? I wish you wouldn't. How about Mo? No. Skipper it is, then. What? If you are going to be this frivolous with the Council of Mages... Oh, stop it. You aren't on the Council of Mages. I know the help when I see them. I used to be the help, so I'm not particular, but let's not stand on ceremony, Skipper. We sent word to the Council because we couldn't get through to our usual consultant and all things magic. That is hardly surprising. Maxwell Falcone's retirement was well and truly ended, I'm afraid. He is leading our efforts to stem the tide of dark forces growing in Europe. No rest for the stranger, huh? Nor for any of us. That is why there was no one else available to assist you. I was asked to extend the apologies of the Council for that. You and your partner have been useful to us. Gee, you flatter a girl so much. Social graces were never my specialty. You have recovered a dozen or more artifacts of interest before they could fall into Nazi hands. Or just after. Indeed. I wish I could express to you what a tiny portion of our efforts you have been involved in. Try me. The Council of Mages and its acolytes practices the ancient secrets as living arts. As a society, we govern the stewardship of knowledge and the use of the power it brings. But there are artifacts, items, scattered around the globe. Some are conduits of ancient powers. Some are batteries that still teem with energy for those that can unlock their secrets. The Nazis, 
in particular the one they call Von Schlitz. Acquire these artifacts, study them, mechanize them, reproduce them. It has become a race against time to find these relics first and to stockpile them, hide them before they can be perverted. It is not a function for which the Council was ever created. You mean to say you just hide these goodies? You don't use them? The use of many of them could destroy your world and all of its people. Yeah, well, all right then. It is not a role we were well suited for, and I fear it is one we filled very poorly. The enemy grows stronger every day. We are stretched more and more, trying to hold back the darkness. Without the stranger, we could not have held them off for this long. You think there's going to be a war? There already is. I fear it is only a matter of time before the world learns of it in its own way. Well, this sure seems to fall under that umbrella. What can you tell me about the right and left eyes of doom? Not very much beyond what you read in the papers. Why's that? They are not magical in origin. But they're ancient. They're mysterious. According to the inscription, they act as a conduit for dark powers. Uh, That could mean any number of things. The power, if it exists, might not be inherently good or evil, but was used in an evil manner in the time in which the stones were separated and the tablet inscribed. So there probably isn't a German connection here. I didn't say that. Our intelligence suggests that they have the idol. They've had it for more than a year. I should be very surprised if the Nazis were not behind the theft of the eye. But you said it wasn't magic. It isn't. But they aren't particular. They will take power any way they can find it. Two years ago, they sent shock troops back in time 400 years to conquer Europe in the past. What? What did you do? There was nothing we could do. The attack was not magical. The council did not even learn it had happened until it was over. But what happened? What did they do? They died. And they caused a plague that killed millions, but one that had always happened. They didn't alter the timeline at all. The soldiers had no inherited immunity to any germ or virus they encountered. Nor did anyone in the past have any immunity to simple diseases from our time. Apparently, for time travel to work, it must compensate for this somehow. It's not really my field. Huh. That's kind of funny. Yes. Until you realize that there are hundreds of brilliant scientists working day and night to correct this problem. And if they succeed... The thousand-year Reich can start a thousand years ago. At any moment, they will use anything. Like dinosaurs as heavy cavalry. You've seen those, have you? Terrible things. So, we still don't know what the idol can really do, or how. But we do know that if the Nazis get it, it becomes one of 62 separate ways that we're doomed. In a nutshell. So how do we stop them? Correction. How do you stop them? Yesterday, we stopped them from using Poseidon's trident to drown Africa. All right. Keep up the good work, Skipper. And, uh, thanks for nothing. Same to you, Miss Squirrel. Same to you. You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Decoder Ring Theater. Your address for adventure... Mystery and comedy. (laughs) 
Have you found anything interesting, Red Panda? I believe I have, Dr. Konopolis. Have you examined the eye on a microscopic level? But of course, dear boy. The structure is quite unique, unlike anything I have ever seen. I wish I could say the same. What's that? I wonder if I might have a look at your notes from the examination. Actually, it was my daughter that has been pursuing that line, Red Panda. She should really... Oh, that must be her on the stairs now. It could be the flying squirrel. I didn't remember to give her the combination to the vault. Do you really think that will stop her? It is an interesting point. (laughs) Oh, it is, Anna. Uh, Come down here, my dear. Oh, hello, boys. You look busy. Anna, darling, allow me to present the Red Panda. Red Panda, this is my daughter, Dr. Anna Granopolis. Well, two Dr. Granopolises. Granopoloi, I suppose. Mm, That's bound to get a bit confusing. If it makes things simpler, you can call me Dr. Anna. Thank you. I might do that. Uh, My dear, the Red Panda was wondering if he might look over your papers on the microscopic structure of the gemstone. Sure. Why not? Er, that is, I wonder if you could... I'm afraid I don't know where it is. (laughs) Oh, of course. Silly me. Uh, I suppose it must be on my desk somewhere. On your... Uh, yes. Yes, of course. I'll just... uh, I'll just poke around a bit. (laughs) Dear me, Anna. This is not like you at all. You're meant to be the organized one. Sorry, Daddy. Daddy? I don't know where my head is today. Must be all the excitement. On the contrary, Miss... Uh... Dr. Anna, you seem quite unflappable. Most people would react differently if they discovered a masked man sitting at their microscope. Oh, well, surely everyone in Toronto has heard of the Great Red Panda. Of course. Ah, here it is. I knew it had to be somewhere near the top of the pile. Here you are, Red Panda. Perhaps Dr. Anna would care to summarize her findings for us. Oh, you don't want to spoil the surprise, do you? Very well. Allow me to engage in speculation. If you like. I would suppose that you found the crystalline structure of the eye to be quite unlike any form of gemstone. Of course. It is unique. No, it is alive. Alive? You're mad. I wish I were. I would wager that your study revealed the eye to be some form of organic crystal, self-renewing in a way that nothing else you've ever encountered could have been, as if it were created to run for millennia unattended. You do think you're clever, don't you? Dr. Quinopolis, could you just glance at those notes and confirm my hypothesis? How can a stone be alive? It's impossible. Not a very scientific way of looking at things, Doctor. But I have seen crystals like this before. Within a time bubble in the Amazon, they are the product of the science of another world. One that has a history of galactic tourism. You're daft. Doctor? I don't know what to say, Red Panda. Anna's notes certainly seem to back up your theory, but I can't explain why she continues to deny it. Because that is not your daughter. What? You are the clever one, aren't you? Red Panda, don't be ridiculous. This is Anna. You're very good at the fine art of playing along, aren't you? You address us as boys coming down the stairs. You don't react to the mask in case you've seen it before. You say little until Dr. Konopolis introduces you to me and calls you his daughter. Now you know the relationships and start calling him Daddy. Which she hasn't done since she was four. And it is possible that most people in Toronto have heard of the Red Panda, but Anna Chronopolis has been overseas studying for quite some time, 
And she certainly would have known where her own notes were and how to interpret them. Where is she? If you've harmed her... Relax, Daddy. I caught her as she opened the vault door. She's trussed up in a broom closet. She's fine. For your sake, she had better be. You're in no position to make threats, masked man. Now give me that stone. Never. Have it your way. I'm sorry to have to do this, clever dick. What in blazes? <laughs> the bullets. Pass clean through you. How? Sorry. I haven't really been sitting in this chair since it became obvious that you were a fraud. This is merely a hypnotic projection. Swell. That's why you wouldn't take the notes from me. You aren't there at all. No, but you are. Hannah, I mean... Come out of hiding, Red Panda. Come out where I can see you or I'll shoot the old man. Very well. Here I am. How do I know this isn't another trick? It is no trick. It is a distraction. What? Think fast, Peaches. Very nice. Excuse me, Red Panda. I should see to my daughter. Of course. Wait, didn't I just do that? Not quite. Flying Squirrel, unless I miss my guess, this is Brian McSweeney, man of a thousand faces. Oh, no. What? You couldn't possibly... How did you know? I suspected when I read the details of the theft of the right eye in Los Angeles. And besides, we've met before. We have? No. You care to explain any of that? Never explain your powers to the bad guys. Yeah, well, I ain't exactly a bad guy. Not exactly. What does that mean? Did I kill anybody in the Los Angeles caper? Did I kill the girl? This is your defense? And you did shoot at me. Oh, yeah. I did that, didn't I? This hero stuff takes getting used to. Hero stuff? Last we heard, you were more of a high-priced mercenary. Yeah, well, let's say I finally found my price. Go on. Folks all over have had their knickers in a twist about old Mr. Hitler. And that's fair enough. I've run into a few of his errand boys in my travels, and they're a bad lot and no mistake. But meanwhile, my country sits all by its lonesome with not much but water between us and the Imperial Japanese, you name it. The Japanese? My government got a little sick and tired of waiting for Mother England to take notice, so they recruited a few of their more well-known rogues to take on special projects. Like keeping our friends in Tokyo from getting their paws on this lovely little bit of spaceman tech. And you're not the first one to make that connection, by the by. Remind me to tell you about Easter Island someday. Wait. What has Japan got to do with it? The Council of Mages says the Nazis have the idol. Who in the blazes are the Council of Mages? Would you believe that it's complicated? I'm not sure I would believe anything else. You don't expect us to let you walk out of here with a stone, do you? All I know, Angel, is that agents were dispatched from Tokyo to recover the eyes. And the Australian Special Operations Service wrote a nice check to their man with the amazing powers of disguise. And since I worked my way through spy school as an international jewel thief, it seemed like a dawdle. But the left eye has proved uh, a bit more of a challenge. You're only saying that because you're sitting there with a broken nose. Oh, yeah. Let me fix that. Wild. That could really come in handy after a night on the town. And now, McSweeney, the question is, what do we do with you? <laughs> Well, did you see him all? If by that you mean, did I make sure that he got on the plane, then yes. 
Nine government agents are seeing he gets back to Australia. Though I wouldn't count on never seeing him again. I admit it, you like him. I admit nothing of the kind. But apparently his story about working for his government checks out. The Australians won't admit to having the right eye in their possession, and the Canadians flatly deny now having the left eye under lock and key. But between them, they finally have the two stones almost as far away as they can get them. So, just to recap. We've got no cult war going on right under our noses, which the Nazis seem to be winning. We've got an alien doomsday gizmo out there somewhere, which suggests there might be more waiting to be found. And uh, just in case we were getting too comfy with the notion of fighting Nazis, the Japanese are also getting antsy. And they may or may not be working with the Germans. That about sums it up, yes. And Dr. Chronopolis has a daughter that looks like Hedy Lamar. Swell. I only have eyes for you. And even if I didn't... Watching her transform into a six-foot-four Australian man is more than a little off-putting. So there's one piece of good news. Nero fiddles while Rome burns. If you like. Too much international intrigue for you? Can't we please just go beat up a purse snatcher? Pretty please. For you, my love. Anything. Mmm. Yes, boss. And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 58, Eyes of the Idol, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Kevin Robinson, Gregory Z. Cook, Peter Nichols, Stephen Burley, Julie Cogger, Clarissa Dunederlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. One, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. There! That's how long twenty seconds are. The Center for Disease Control recommends you wash your hands for at least twenty seconds as often as possible. We don't think about it a lot, but more germs are transmitted by the hands than by any other source. So keep them clean. Soap and water for 20 seconds, and you'll help prevent the spread of COVID-19. And maybe some other nasty stuff as well. This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.